Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online, and we need your help with something. What's that? Keeping our show on the air. As the show grows, so do the costs of producing it and distributing the audio of Real Ghost Stories Online, the very thing that you listen to probably on a regular basis. So if you listen to the show regularly, we ask you to become an EPP. That's an extra podcast person. We'll give you even more episodes of Real Ghost Stories Online to listen to in exchange for your support. It's only $5 a month, and you can sign up at realghoststoriesonline.com. Your support is what keeps our show going. Plus, we'll give you access to all of the past EPP bonus episodes of Real Ghost Stories Online, jam-packed with some of the creepiest stories we've ever gotten in, and exclusively for EPPs, more than 30 full episodes. Thanks for helping keep Real Ghost Stories Online on the air. Without your support, the show couldn't go on. Sign up now to be an EPP, extra podcast person, on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. And thank you. Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. And tonight, a listener shares his story of cohabitating with a benevolent spirit that cares as much for his home as he does. A hospital security guard shares why he believes a ghost can be a smartass. While remodeling a home, a contractor finds that an abandoned old piano may hold a secret, and a woman inherits an old mirror from her late grandmother, but is grandma still watching through the glass? Those stories, your calls, and more tonight on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hi. Hi, how are you doing today? Good, how are you? I'm doing well, except I'm, I'm in that, that weird state of not quite sure if I'm getting a cold or if it's allergies or whatnot. What? What? It's time to neti pot it up, my friends. I bet every other week you complain about that. I do. It's the joy of having allergies. I'm going to do a neti pot like right here on the show. It'll be kind of like an exorcism of my allergies. It's more like hearing you be waterboarded. Yeah, it'll be great fun. No. We can do it right here. And you can guide me. You can, like, do play-by-play of it as I, I do it. I'm going to share the secret with what, the audience. What's the secret? The secret is that you don't even let me watch you do that. Well, I do that out of courtesy. I mean, No, I, you do that because you don't want to see me. You, you don't want me to see you pour water up your nose and out the other side. I do that because every time I try doing it when you've been in the room, you, like, very promptly leave. So I always thought, oh, she doesn't like that. Okay, well, I'll wait till she leaves, and then I'll do it. It's a courtesy. I can start doing it in there if you'd like. Or I can keep up my courteous attitude towards it and, and wait till you're out of the room. You can't neti pot with somebody watching is what it is. Yes, I can. No, you I'll can't. I'll go do it right now. I'll go get a neti pot right now. <laughs> I will neti pot the hell out of the studio. I'll just, oh. it'll be neti pot juices. That's <laughs> so gross. <laughs> Ah, yes. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Trying to think of some ghost netty pot joke or analogy, but I got nothing. Got absolutely nothing. nothing. So we're going to go right to a uh, letter. This letter comes into us from Rebecca. Rebecca writes in, hey, Tony and Jenny, it's Rebecca from West Virginia. Again, I wrote in about a possible case of sleep paralysis that occurred back when I was living in North Carolina. 
I said that one of my most interesting experiences, but I've got another pretty good one to share. In the early months of 2008, my mom and my stepdad bought an old rundown house in the downtown area of my hometown. That house was a complete mess and really creepy. The paint was chipping. The carpets would come apart if you kicked them too hard while walking. Dust covered every surface in that place, and the front and backyards were full of junk. Needless to say, we spent a while cleaning up and renovating before we moved in. I know you're probably thinking that this story is about my paranormal experiences while renovating. But no. Nothing weird happened, at least to my knowledge. It went smoothly, and we were done in a month or two. The house looked beautiful after we had finished. I was no longer creeped out and felt really comfortable. That changed on one of our first nights in the house. I was upstairs doing laundry when I glanced down to the first floor and saw something dart out of the dining room, past the front door and into the living room. I couldn't see it that well, but it appeared to be a woman in a white dress with long red hair. I assumed it was my mother at first, as she also had long, beautiful red hair. However, I remembered that she and my stepdad were in their bedroom. My next thought was that someone must have broken in. We were close to a pretty bad part of town, after all. I dropped my laundry and pounded on my parents' door, saying, Come quick, I think someone broke in. My stepdad came out of the room, and I told him what I saw. We checked the doors, and they were all locked. Even the door I was sure the intruder had used to escape. They couldn't have locked it again, as that door can only be locked or unlocked from the inside. It was then that I realized that I may have seen an apparition. I never told my stepdad or my mom that I thought it was a ghost. They were really religious and didn't believe in such things. From that night on, I didn't look down at the bottom floor at night unless I had to, and I always felt like someone was watching me or standing right behind me. I never saw anything else, and besides me, no one else in my family ever experienced anything. Fast forward to October of 2011. I was 18. I had moved out for a while, but I had to move back in. Mega bummer. A couple of my friends were helping me take stuff, uh, take some stuff of mine inside. They said, hey, Becca, is your mom home? One of my friends asked. No, I replied. She's still at church. Why? Well, he said, looking at an upstairs window, I thought I saw a redheaded lady staring at us from your parents' bedroom. I froze. I never told him the story about the lady with red hair. At that point, I shared the story with him. Having someone else see the woman that I had seen made me feel a lot less insane. I'm not really surprised that he saw her, to be honest. We talked about ghosts before, and he thinks that he's sensitive. He's had a lot of experience and and was once even attacked by an entity outside of his house. Seeing things makes him really upset, so I felt bad for him. We finished moving my stuff. I didn't talk about the woman again. That's my story of all the paranormal things I've experienced. This is the one that compels me to believe that there's some force out there. I don't know that I believe in a deity, but maybe there's some sort of matter or energy that we can't measure yet. Oh, I almost forgot one person that I told my story to suggested that I might have seen the light from a car's headlights peeking through the windows as it drove by. I did test this out, and it looked nothing like what I saw. The light from headlights flashes as it moves in and out of each window figure I saw was solid all the way from the dining room to the living room. Thank you for reading my story. If you do, maybe I'll write in again and tell you about the time my boyfriend and I went to a Native American burial ground at 2 a.m. 
how my former roommate thinks she drove away a demon in her sleep. Take care. It makes you wonder how many times she may have seen this apparition and just thought it was her mom. She may have seen it more times than she even realizes. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Because how often is it that you have a ghost of somebody in your home that happens to, outside of a doppelganger, happens to just resemble your mom or dad or whoever you're living with, and you just see them for a second and the red hair, oh, it's mom. Without even like really taking, I mean, I mean, when you are expecting that, you're not necessarily taking a good look at that person. You go, oh, mom, and you... Yeah. Your eyes dart the other way again, and you keep moving on with your, your business. I could see that. I think that makes sense. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. We would love to hear it. And like I said earlier, if you like the show, please help us keep it on the air. Consider becoming an EPP. Maybe you listen a couple times a week. Your support is what keeps the show Going. You sign up on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Get 32 bonus episodes right away. And, of course, a brand new one every single week. So please consider checking that out uh, there at realghoststoriesonline.com. John writes in, My girlfriend, Megan, and I both worked close to downtown, so we decided to find a house closer to our jobs. My uncle found the perfect house for us, which was right next door from him. It was well within our budget close to our jobs and in a nice neighborhood so we went for it I have to describe the layout of the house so the story will make sense when you walk in the front door there was a small landing 10 feet by 6 feet from you could go upstairs to the bedrooms and bathrooms or go downstairs and go to the living room kitchen and dining room we really loved that house had no paranormal issues for a few years until we started to do some construction there's a lot of land around the front door, so we wanted to make the little entranceway into the main living room. After a few weeks into construction, I got home from work early, and the construction crew left for the day since they had to wait for concrete to set. I was taking a look at the progress when I saw a guy with white hair, khaki shorts, and a red t-shirt on. I saw him go around the corner of the house, and I called for him, thinking he was one of the construction guys, and I walked around the corner. He was nowhere to be found. My phone rang and I got distracted and for some reason didn't think much about that guy until I went over to my uncle's house for dinner that night. I was looking at pictures that he had on his mantle and I saw my uncle and the guy I saw earlier at a golf outing posing with a trophy. So I asked him who the guy was because I saw him walking around my house today. He said that was impossible. You guessed it, his name is Tom and he died about two months before you bought the house. He was a previous owner of your house. The look on my face must have been priceless because we both believe in the paranormal. And I said, I know I saw him today. My uncle said if it was him as a spirit, we would get along just fine. I'd have liked hanging out with him when he was alive. We have the same kind of sick sense of humor. The sense of humor that people in the medical field have. I went home and told all this to Megan, and amazingly, she was okay with all this info, and we introduced ourselves and said that if he is here, he's welcome to stay, but we just don't want to see him. We asked him if he's okay with that to give us a sign. We heard something fall by our bookcase of blue rays, and our copy of Caddyshack was on the floor. I knew we were going to get along just fine. 
He would do little things like hide things from us and have them show up somewhere else. We think he would occasionally watch Megan in the shower. She'd be in there and feel like she's being watched. She would yell at him to leave and the feeling would go away. Sometimes we would hear him walking around and none of this really bothered us. Here's where the house layout comes into play. I got home from a 16-hour stint from work and I was exhausted, so I went right to bed since Megan was out of town on business. About an hour later, I hear footsteps running up and down the hall and up and down the steps. I told him to stop and I needed to sleep. Usually he does, but not this time. I try to ignore him and then he turns the surround sound system on full blast in the new room we had built. Get up, go down the first flight of steps and turn everything off. Now the house is quiet and I hear water running downstairs. I go downstairs and find out a white water pipe in the kitchen broke and was leaking. I turn the water off, cleaned up the mess, which wasn't too bad, but if Tom didn't wake me up, it would have been a disaster. After I cleaned everything up, I thanked Tom and heard him say, You're welcome. He startled me because he never spoke before. I think he did that purposely to try to scare me. I love the show and enjoy being an EPP, John from Pittsburgh. P.S. Can't remember what episode it was, but you guys were talking about old, creepy animatronics from Chuck E. Cheese. Check out the game Five Nights at Freddy's. You're a night security guard at a pizza place where the animatronics try to kill you. And you have to keep an eye on them through video cameras. That sounds like the perfect game for you. I've heard of that. I've seen it. It's very high in the ratings on like uh, the app stores. Uh-huh. I've never yet played it. You should try it. It looks interesting. I like that the ghost that he has to share with, the house with, uh-huh. seems to care about the house as much as he does. Yeah. That's really helpful. That's the type of ghost you want. Yeah. And you can tolerate his hijinks and everything. It's like another person just trying to... You know, lighten up their their day. They have nothing else to do than kind of screw with you. So at least they're just kind of doing light hijinks and not, you know, hijacking your life or your (laughs) you. I wonder if John ever left Caddyshack running on the TV just for him so he can watch it when he wants to. That might have been a sign. What? that, That that's what he wanted to watch. You know, knocking specific movies off. Well, maybe knocking off the, you know. Yeah. I'm the kind of guy that really enjoys the movie Caddyshack. Well, so. and, and he was talking about the golf course, Caddyshack, yeah. the golf course movie. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah, this is me. Yeah. So I would, would do that if I was a ghost I and I wanted to watch specific shows, I would do the, I would go and knock the ones I wanted off <laughs> until people would get it. Then I'd be really good and nothing would happen. And it would, it would, ha- it would be like I'd have to train the people, my people. I'd be like a pet. Uh, okay. That, oh, train your living. Yeah, train the living. Okay. Okay. The the movie he knocks off. We need to put that on, otherwise he's gonna torture the cat or something. You know. So you know, it's kind of like cause and effect. And see, I think after he saved the house from complete disaster with a broken water pipe, mm-hmm. I'd be turning Caddyshack on for him every day. Yeah. Just as a thank you. I'd even let him possess me for a day if he wanted to. No. Be like, hey, you want to take over somebody just for just for a day? I mean, no. you saved our house. That's creepy because he likes to watch the wife in the shower. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of creepy. So, well, what's going to happen then? Yeah. You don't want to go there. <laughs> 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story with us. Let's go over to uh, Ashley in Illinois. Hi. Hey, Tony and Jenny. This is Ashley from Illinois. Um, 
I've started listening to your show recently while I'm cleaning, because I'm a cleaning lady, and it's nice to, you know, listen to a show, especially about such a unique topic. Um, I was calling to tell you guys about my shadow people experiences. I didn't realize I was dealing with a shadow people situation my entire life until I heard about shadow people, and I learned most about them from you guys. Um, it started when I was really young. I used to tell my friends about how shadows would just like move in my room. I would just be laying in bed trying to fall asleep and there would be a movement and I'd look over and it would just be a formless shadow moving around. Uh, it would always happen everywhere, no matter what house or what. Um, and then as I got older, I would see like forms. There was a time when I was in high school my brother was talking to me and he left the room and I looked over and I just saw like the shape of a man as though my brother was still standing there, but he was gone. And I dismissed it as like, you know, when you stare at something too long and then you look at a different place, sometimes you'll see the form. But recently I was cleaning a um, downtown Alton place that I have learned is very haunted and I had no clue. Um, and I was just always been kind of creeped out there and I was in their kitchen in their basement and I looked over and there was just the shape of a man the same like coloring it's kind of like a purpley faded color with no features um, just like a, a dark form just standing there and so yeah <laughs> I, I talked to my friend and she's a bit of a, a, a psychic she believes we're both like 21 so Obviously, we don't really know what we're doing. But she told me not to talk about shadow people um, and not to, to think about them. But I don't know. I've been listening to you guys, and I wanted your opinion. It's uh, I don't really have bad things happening with the shadow people directly, but it's just like a really ominous feeling, and it definitely strikes fear. So um, I'd like to hear you guys uh, talk about it. Um, and I'll write in, I have so many different stories uh, of supernatural things. My mom has more than me, so I'm going to try to get her to write or call in. Uh, but thank you guys. You really, you know, you brighten my day when I'm working, and I love hearing you two banter. So, thanks. Bye. We like to brighten people's day with darkness. That's <laughs> kind of what we do. So what do you think? Is this something she should interact with it on, or is there enough reason not to try and interact? I wouldn't interact with it on the level of, hey, if you're really here, move this or do this. Okay. I would more so do the interaction of, if you're here, leave me alone. I don't want to see you while I'm working. Like, hey, we can coexist, but please don't, uh, don't show yourself to me. Yeah. Kind of like what we have a lot of folks say they do in their stories. Yeah, which is still technically interacting because you're trying to, mm -hmm. you know, address it. But sure. I wouldn't I wouldn't say that just talking about it is necessarily a bad thing because it kind of yeah. sounded like she alluded to just mentioning it was a bad thing. Yeah, I don't think talking about it is a bad thing. I would say, I mean, if you can tolerate it and you're getting through your job just fine and it's not a huge nuisance... I wouldn't necessarily, you know, jump at interacting in any way, but if it's become, you know, a nuisance enough where it's really kind of hindering your job performance and such, then I would, I, I agree. I would say, hey, 
you know, if we're both going to be here, that's fine. But uh, please, you're creeping me out. Stop showing yourself to me, just like you said. Yeah. It just depends the level at where, you know, it's at with her right now. But uh, yeah, that, that would be the only type of interaction I'd have. I wouldn't be like, hey, if you're here, yeah, like you said, move this or. Right. Or, you know, break out, you know, the Ouija board or, you know. Right. Do anything else. Well, and you've got to consider, too. She said that she's a cleaning lady. Mm-hmm. So you would have to imagine that most of the time when she has these interactions with it, it's it's not in her own home or sure. necessarily her personal space. So you don't want to take the risk of stirring it up. Or, or following you home. Yeah. Hey, they invited over for dinner one night. Just say, hey, I have some nice ham and beans. So I would just go with, meal. while I'm here, yeah. you don't show yourself, and you leave me alone. And see what happens, and let us know. 855-853-4802 is our number at Real Ghost Stories Online. KT writes in, hello, this is my first time writing in, though I've been listening to your show since the beginning. I uh, figured Tony would really enjoy the story since it's about a ghost being a smartass. I work security for an old Catholic hospital. Part of security's duties is releasing bodies of deceased patients to funeral homes. When I first began my job here, I heard a lot of spooky stories from the other guards, and it didn't take long to experience my own. On a freezing cold November night, I was assisting a funeral home with a patient. We were in the receiving area of the hospital where our tiny morgue is located. I referenced earlier it's an old Catholic hospital, meaning there are policies based on religious beliefs. One of those policies is that the body must exit the building through the large garage door instead of the normal size door. As I'm told, this is so the spirits can exit freely with the body, as though a spirit needs its own garage door. Anyway, that night the funeral home employee was upset he had to wait for the large, slow garage door to open to leave. As he was finally leaving the building, he joked that the policy was outdated and just made up by the nun in charge. I laughed and closed the garage door behind him. As soon as the door closed, the receiving doorbell went off twice. quickly checked out the side door, thinking the employee had forgotten something, but no one was there. I guess it had to be the spirit being a smartass about the policy. Spooky. I hope you like the short story. Keep doing what you guys are doing. Uh, You guys are the best. And Jenny, I'm sure I'll be a worried ghost too when my time comes, so you won't be alone, huh? Take care, Kay. I think that's funny. Making fun of the... the, I'm not going to say antiquated the way the the funeral director did, but Uh making fun of the, I guess, ritual or the policy of how the dead leaves the building. I mean, that is totally created by a human being. I mean, there's, there's no, as far as I'm aware, biblical background to that. There's like, a, and the bodies must leave through the garage door. <laughs> <laughs> Shall it be? I, I don't know. Is there something comparable as far as the size of the opening? Of the cave? I don't know. I don't know. You have more biblical knowledge than I do. Not that I'm aware of. Okay. I mean, it really, it maybe I'm completely wrong, but I'm guessing it was probably just something that, almost the reference that they made, some nun who was in charge made it up at some point in time. Well, because I, I mean, I, I know stuck. that garage doors aren't going to be referenced in the Bible, but I sure. was just curious if that does go back to something. And I was trying to think of that. 
when we were reading, and I, I couldn't, I, I don't have any reference. I'm going to look that up because I've got my religion yeah. um, course that I'm taking right now, and I could ask my instructor and see what she knows. I wonder if, if that is a policy strictly for that hospital or if other Catholic hospitals uh, that have a similar uh, you know, you know, structure of rules and such mm-hmm. um, have that same rule. That would, that was, that's going to be the telltale right there is if it's just this one, if it was just made up. Yeah. On the spot. I hate to say anything's just made up like that, but... I think a lot of things are just made up like that. You know, but the thing is, it, it starts so long ago, uh-huh. and then people just continue to follow it, you know, and, and they keep doing it, and they keep doing it, and the people who originally made it up leave. Next one has come in, and they go, why do we do it like this? Because that's how I was taught how we're supposed to do it. And then they teach the next ones. Why we do it that way? That's how I was taught to do it. And you eventually lose track of why it ever actually started. Okay. <laughs> it may have been one day there was like a delivery, you know, like the other door was like jammed up or something and, oh, we got to use the garage door. And then it just forever it became that, you know? Sure. And there's no real way to trace it. And I mean, and there are, of course, a lot of, re- there are serious ritualistic things that happen, you know, in, in a, a religious setting or a hospital of that nature. But one like that, I don't know. I'm sure somebody in our audience probably knows. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to hear. Email us, yeah. either Tony or Jenny at Rocco Stories Online, and let us know what you know about that. Sure. 855-853-4802 is our number. If you like the show, press subscribe, whatever platform it is you listen to us on. iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, you name it, press subscribe. It helps the show grow, and you get every episode of the show sent directly to you. Caitlin writes in, hi, my name's Caitlin, and I love your show. I've had multiple experiences with the paranormal, but I will tell you a more recent haunting that's been going on ever since I've moved to Oklahoma. So a few months ago, I was sitting on my bed. My dad was asleep, and my little sister was in the computer in the living room. It was nighttime. I was scrolling through the music on my phone when I heard a child's voice say, Caitlin, look, by my closet. I turned around real quick, expecting my sister to be there, but she wasn't there. Thinking she was hiding, I got up to look in the closet and nobody was there. I went into the living room and my sister was on the computer with her headphones on. I went over to her and said, did you just call my name? She said she'd been in the living room the whole time. Now, I've seen things in the corner of my eyes and I've heard voices on voice recorders, but I've never heard a voice so clear until I moved into this house. I'm not the only one that has had experiences in this house. Maybe a few weeks after that happened, my aunt came over and we were sitting in the living room. My sister was in her room taking a nap and the door was cracked. All of a sudden, my aunt and I hear crying coming from my sister's room. Before we could get up and do anything, we see her door open, close, and then open again. We thought it was my sister about to come into the living room. She never came out. I went to go check on her and she was sound asleep. Now, the more recent thing actually happened yesterday. My dad had just gone to work, and I was the only one awake. Went into my room to get my phone, and I was walking out of my room. Grabbed the door, dragged it along as I was walking out of my room. I stopped right before it could close and started walking into the living room. Then I heard the click of my door closing. I went to the door and opened it to see if I could have somehow closed it. No matter how hard I swung the door, it would not close unless you pulled it closed. I was more amazed than freaked out. 
Now, later that day, I was lying on my bed and my feet were hanging off the bed a little. All of a sudden, it felt like someone had walked by my feet and nudged them. When I say nudged, I mean nudged like someone wanted to get my attention. I think there's a child ghost that stays in my house with me along with the spirit of my uncle. If you'd like, I could share my experiences involving my uncle in another story. Anyways, thank you so much for reading my story. Sorry if it was so long. I love your show. Keep up the good work. It sounds to me like you have a ghost little sister that lives in your house that just wants the big sister's attention. Mm-hmm. And to be in the big sister's room and to mess with the big sister when she's just laying down. Having two girls, I know all about the big sister, little sister thing. It's, it sounds very much like that dynamic. It does. And she sounds pretty innocent. Even the, you know, hey, Caitlin, look, you mm-hmm. know, that's something a little sister would say to a big sister. So look what I did. I'm riding the cat. Now, with the way that things are going, do you think it really is the ghost of a child? Or do you think it's something that's pretending to be a child? <sighs> you never know for sure. I kind of got the feeling that it, it is a child. What do you think? I think it is. I think it's just an innocent child, and I'm not real sure why, but there's something about the interactions with this one that makes me think it really is a kid. It doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of negativity at all. No. Or if there's anything that's a little mischievous about it, it seems more of like an innocent mischievousness, you know, that it it fits more of a little kid than a little demon. Now... That being said, we don't know why she thinks the ghost of her uncle's in the house, too. That could put a whole different spin on the dynamic on whether it's one ghost or two. Or if the ghost of the uncle is even in the house. I mean, it may be just a confused little girl ghost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of that. I want to hear more. I want to hear about why you think the ghost of your uncle's in the house, and then we'll know if this is... Truly a, a child ghost or if it's actually yeah. something pretending to be a child. Yeah. Once someone gets possessed, we'll know for sure. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> 855-853-4802. That's our number. At Real Ghost Stories Online, call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and tell your ghost story. Preferably when you're, uh, you know, maybe at a quiet restaurant and there's people eating around you, call in at that point and tell your story in a really loud voice. That's the best way to do it. Or in a shopping center, too. It's always a good good place to do it as well. I like to go in the middle of the uh, the shopping. Remember, like, the, the circle shopping racks? Yes. I used to, like, play in those as a kid. You don't see those hardly anymore. No. I, those are, like, something totally of the past. I used to love to climb up in the middle of those, especially if they had the glass on top. Oh, you yeah. Know? Yeah. And then look up at people and freak them out. There's, like, coats and stuff. Uh-huh. The thicker the clothing, the better, because it made more you could really get in there. Yeah. I remember doing that at Prangy Way, and there'll be about uh, there'll be a handful of folks from the uh, the Wisconsin and Michigan area that will remember that store and uh, hiding out in there. And the mom would be like, "What? What are you in?" Because they they were all kind of <laughs> your mom would just tell me, "What? What are you in?" Yeah, <laughs> she'd be looking at something, and because we went to the mall like about once a week, and then I'd go into one of them as she's looking at her clothes. <laughs> and they're like, Mom, over here. She'd be like kind of like, trying to find me. <laughs> yep, 
That was good times at the Prangyway. That's fun. You never overpay at Prangyway. Russell writes in, before I get into my story, I just want to answer a question you both uh, had about my previous story about my face-to-face with the entity in my kitchen. I said we moved not long after the incident, uh, but to clarify, we weren't looking to move. Rather, an opportunity for a new place presented itself, and because of our house guest, we thought, what a great idea. We were out there without any hesitation whatsoever. We were together for another 12 years. With that said, my next notable encounter came many years later when I was remodeling a 4,500-square-foot, yeah, 4, three-story home in Kansas City that was built after the Civil War, right on the spot where the Battle of Westport took place. One of those big historical markers stands in the corner of the front yard. This is, I, I guess I'm stupid, but I was unaware that there was battles that took place in Kansas City. There is battles all along the Kansas-Missouri border. I did not know that. I've been to Kansas City many times, including Westport. Mm-hmm. I did not know that was a battleground. Bloody history up there. Oh! Westport, that's where our favorite restaurant in Kansas City is. Yeah, it wasn't... Uh, maybe I was aware of this. When we ate at... Gosh. Wasn't one of the... the Like the rotating restaurant or someplace that we ate on the top of... There was a large park with memorials. That's the World War One Memorial. Okay. I wasn't sure if that was a... Uh, yeah, that's right down by... Crown Center. Crown Center, yeah. Yeah, that's a World War One memorial. Okay, okay. I wasn't sure. Continuing on, I spent the first week by myself just removing fixtures and drapes uh, to prep for the uh, actual remodel, and things started almost from the first day. I was tearing out a wall that was covered in uh, lath and plaster. Did I say that right? You did. That's why I spelled it out for you. What is lath? Lath and plaster, it is an old way before they had drywall in older homes. It was... Uh-huh. Literally, almost like chicken wire with plaster over it is oh, I've what seen it's kind of like. True. And most of the time, it crumbles and falls. And so, when sure. people buy older homes, one of the things they have to do most of the time, especially to bring it up to code, to get in the wall, is to rip out the lath and plaster. Because that's why in so many of the older haunted house movies, or haunt, anytime you go into an old house, quote unquote, the walls are kind of crumbling. Oh, yeah, and then you see the the wood behind there. Yeah, that's why. Continuing on, I learned something new. Uh This is the HGTV ghost show, by the way. (laughs) Uh, When I thought a piece of lath had fallen from above me and caught the collar of my shirt and was hung there, tugging at it. I tried to reach back and grab it, but there was nothing there. There was one more really solid tug. At that moment, I had the feeling something was up. My feeling was confirmed the next day when a telephone suddenly started ringing, and it was loud. I went looking for it and tracked the sound of the basement. I went down to look for it only because it just wouldn't stop. The basement had several servants' quarters, and uh, in it, in the ten-foot ceilings with exposed floor joists, joists. After checking the individual rooms, I realized the ringing was coming from somewhere above me in the joists. I finally located the phone interface and the old-style bell that was about a foot away from it. As soon as I laid eyes on it, it stopped ringing. I was confused because I found the bell, but not a phone. 
That's when it hit me like a freight train. There were no phone lines. The old wires had already been removed from outside the house to the interface and bell. Needless to say, I set up a new land speed record going up the stairs at the front door. But I had a job to do, so after a nice long break, back and I went. I spent two more days alone in that house, and during that time I came to realize it was the ghost of a little girl messing with me. I'd hear her laughing and carrying out just outside the near, uh, outside near a window, and I'd run out the door, but no one was there. After a few attempts, I quit trying to catch her because I knew it was futile, and I asked myself, do I really want to catch whatever it is? The answer was just no. It was not just no, it was hell no. For the next two months, it was a classic ghost stuff. Tools and materials would go missing only to be found in odd locations. There were knocks and bangs, and of course, there was the occasional poke in the back or a tug on the tool belt just to remind me she was around. The homeowner was a top-level neurosurgeon, not exactly someone uh, predisposed to imagine things, who on one of his visits asked me if I had experienced anything strange in the house. Up to this point, I hadn't said anything to anyone about it, so I asked him what he meant. He said, oh, like any ghosts or anything. Turns out he and his wife had an experience when they were looking at the home for the first time. Someone had grabbed him by the wrist and tugged at his arm, but no one was anywhere near him at the time. After I told him about my experiences, he contacted the previous owner's daughter and asked if her mother had ever mentioned any strange goings-on. And she replied, do you mean the ghost? Oh yes, mom talked about her from time to time. So it was verified. From that point on, nothing notable happened until the last few days on the job. My girlfriend stopped by and asked how much we would pay her to clean up the construction debris. My partner asked her how much she would charge to work topless. This brought an instant and violent reaction from the ghost, which made sense if she was from the Civil War era, when a question like that would have been highly inappropriate. A heavy piece of door trim had been uh, leaned against the door frame, and it suddenly took off and slid up and across the wall about ten feet, then shot out into the middle of the room and slammed to the floor. For a moment, we all just looked at each other wide-eyed. I looked at my partner and told him he better watch his mouth because she obviously doesn't like that kind of talk, and she just might open up a can of whoop-ass on him if he didn't apologize, which he promptly did. Lastly, the third floor had an old piano that was not repairable, so at the owner's request, we sledgehammered and chainsawed it into pieces to get it out of there. I believe the ghost was attached to that old piano because, sadly, she was never heard from after that. I think even the doc and his wife were a bit sad about it as well. After the piano was gone, I found out the doc's experience happened just a few feet from that old piano. She was just a kid doing things and, and doing things, and with the one exception, she was never malicious, just mischievous. I really believe she was just happy to have someone to play with. Every time I think about her, I pray she found her way to that better place. That's really kind of sad. Mm-hmm. To think that she was just tied to that piano, and when the piano was no more, then so was she. Is that how it works? Well, if you are attached to a certain object and the object's destroyed... Can you go to another object? I don't know. I would attach myself to something like an iPhone after that. Why? So you can be dropped endlessly and then replaced in two years? Yeah, that means it kind of guarantees you can keep going to new objects all the time. Okay. Float around, see the world. 
It makes you wonder, was she still attached to the pieces of the piano that left? Or It's an interesting question. You know, or did she reattach to something else outside? I would almost have to think that in a case like that, it would the attachment would go to something else. I don't think she was destroyed. Or No, but that's kind of how the story alluded mm-hmm. that at least her presence there was no longer in the yeah. home once the piano was no longer in the home. Hopefully maybe she she did move on to the other side or I would think almost if you're still, you know, if that's the only event that took place and there's nothing really to help her cross over, I would think maybe it was she's on to something else. Yeah. She's haunting the neighbors. <laughs> you know, I don't know. 855-853-4802 is the phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Do you think uh, dumps are quite a haunted place with all the objects and things that people throw away? I would think so, but you don't hear about that much. Well, you also don't have a whole lot of people wandering around them either. No, but you have a fair amount of people that drive the tractors and push stuff around. I mean, we would have, we would have, I think, heard a story about that. I wonder. Assignment America, Assignment World, whatever. If you work at a landfill, do you have any paranormal activity there? If so, what? Explain below. <laughs> That's what we'd like to hear. Write in, call in, 855-853-4802. It'd be really interesting to hear that. We did have a listener write in to me who wanted to know if we had any morticians out there that wanted to share their stories of anything unusual that happened. I think we've had some like some stories like that, haven't we, over the years? Over we, the year, we've had people that have worked in funeral homes, but not necessarily the actual like funeral home director or mortician that works with the dead. Okay. Well, there's another one. So yeah, I want to hear about that. All right. Write in, call in, whatever you prefer. Angela writes in, love the show. Love being an EPP. You guys are so fun to listen to. You can uh, tell you both love uh, and uh, in uh, are in love and in like with each other. And it kind of reminds me of my husband, uh, uh, of my husband of I love seeing each other seeing other couples who actually enjoy each other's company okay I got through that sentence okay I did it okay I think I got through you know what she meant in love and in like what means that not only do we seem to love each other we uh-huh. seem to enjoy each other's company too. sure like each other we do as long as the microphone's on and then that's uh, not the second true. it's off it's that <laughs> is not true <laughs> I digress, she says. I have a lot of experiences, and I uh, guess what you would call clairvoyant with a bit of telekinesis thrown in to uh, make it interesting. I also dealt with a demonic haunting as a child, which, as you can imagine, changed me forever. My story today is about a mirror. Your references to Snow White and her magic mirror made me remember my mirror story. Growing up, my mother used to keep tabs on me by saying she had a magic mirror and she could see if I was being naughty. It worked until I was about seven or eight, but the effect of mirrors and my curiosity stayed with me. I had a beautiful wall mirror, trimmed in gold that belonged to my recently passed grandma. I loved her dearly, and she truly was my best friend. More about me in that time. I was in my early 20s. 
the uh, chaotic time in your youth when you don't really have a clue. I was going to school at UCLA and working, all while juggling a pretty wild social schedule. I lived in Hollywood in an apartment on Hollywood Boulevard, spent most of my free time at clubs and bars in Hollywood with my friends. One night I was home, a rare quiet night at home studying for some reason, and I looked at a mirror and said, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of them all? I laughed as nothing happened, even though I was tempting fate and the mirror to respond. When nothing happened, I turned away from the mirror and felt a hand come out of the mirror and hit me in the back. This was not the kind of magic mirror I hoped for. I don't know if it was my grandmother or just weird old Hollywood energy in the apartment, but it scared the crap out of me. I've never looked at mirrors in the same way. And like you, Tony, will not look into a mirror at night. Thanks to the show, I'll write in more of my scarier stories when I uh, work up the nerve. I don't know if it was grandma, but it sure made you wonder because having just said that and then feeling that on your back, you can't help but wonder if something in the mirror just came out and got you. Yeah, that's where just more verifying not to (laughs) screw with mirrors. I told you mirrors are bad stuff. You ever hear, like, the uh, idea of putting mirrors, you know, like, re- you know, when you reflect two mirrors into each other? I've heard that that's not a good thing. There's something to that, too, I've heard. Of, of I, I don't know if it's used in some sort of practice or whatnot of, of conjuring up energies and such. There was something I always tried to do as a kid with, like, my mom's makeup mirror. Uh-huh. I would take that in the bathroom and play with that, like, to, to try and shine it into the big wall mirror. Yeah. And just see how far it could go. It eventually kind of curves... It's like a horizon. Yeah, yeah. I know, because my grandparents had one of those, they call it a Jack and Jill bathroom. Yeah. In between two bedrooms. Sure. And each of the doors into the bathroom had a mirror on it. And I can remember as a little kid playing, and I thought that was the coolest thing, yeah. you know. And you do the, the, the kicks like the girls on sure. the Rockettes, you know. And uh-huh. yeah, I had fun in the mirror. Now I wouldn't have fun at all. <laughs> Deborah, hi. Hi, my name is Deborah Kearse, and I just found your podcast. I'm having so much fun listening to the stories. Personally, I believe in the paranormal, but I also think that one day we're going to have the science to explain much of it. So I'm not a skeptic, but I won't be using a Ouija board or inviting the paranormal into my home anytime soon. So um, as I'm listening to your podcast, I feel secure in the knowledge that I won't ever have to personally experience any of these things your listeners talk about, or will I? Um, I'm a professional artist, and I spend a great deal of time in my studio painting, and today I just happened to glance up at some of the gicle prints that I have from a friend who passed several years ago, and I realized that I have indeed got a paranormal story to share, and uh, my friend is an artist from Great Britain who used to live in Africa. She painted beautifully colored, bright um, art that shows Native Americans, or excuse me, Native Africans uh, relaxing by the water, cooking, fishing, enjoying everyday tasks. Her name is Tessa Edwards, if you care to Google her work to see it. Well, um, sadly, she was diagnosed with a chronic disease several years ago, and she lost her battle with it in 2011, but not before she built an incredible legacy of compassion and just goodwill on this earth. I, I had purchased the prints in my studio to support a charity that she created that fed an entire village in West Africa for years. Um, she was just that kind of an amazing woman, and I was so privileged to call her friend. But anyway, Tess and I were Facebook friends, and we were active in several online art groups. So we interacted every day, but we never met in person. And when she took ill, 
I told her that I regretted not being able to visit with her in person. And she laughed and said that all the best friendships start online these days, which is, of course, very true. But I had no reason to believe that I would ever hear from her once she had passed. So fast forward two years to 2013, and I have no idea if it was a day that was special to Tessa. It was early March, and she passed on December 27th, so I had no reason to be thinking of her, no reason at all. And um, I was out for, going for a walk, jog, and I had my iPod shuffle playing some of my favorite tunes in my ears. I'd worked out at the gym and gone on countless walks listening to these songs and usually had it set to random. So when a song that I didn't recognize started playing, I took notice. It was Never Can Say Goodbye by the Jackson 5. And that's just not a song that I would choose to program into the device, but there it was playing away. And as I went through the, you know, kind of, huh, what the, how, in my head, I was uh, suddenly just overwhelmed by a feeling of love and friendship. And then I heard, not with my ears, but kind of like in your mind's eye, you know, sort of a, um, in your head, a, a sort of a woman's voice and in a British accent, no less, saying, you are so special, which is something that my friend used to always say to people. Um, it took me a few minutes to process this, and it was a bright, sunny day. I'm out jogging, and I'm waving to neighbors, and I guess I just never expected to have a ghostly encounter except in, you know, creepy, dark places. And it didn't feel scary or ghostly, not at all. So I just kind of shook my head and figured I was imagining things. But part of me thought, well, maybe this is an opportunity to communicate with my friend as crazy as that sounds. I said out loud, Tessa, if you are saying hi first, I miss you terribly, and I wish you had more time to share with your your incredible energy, you know, here on Earth. Um, but I also think that I might just be wishing that I could talk to you. So please, if this is you, don't scare me. But I need more evidence. Well, I went about my day and I didn't think anything more of it. And then that evening, I could not believe my eyes. I checked my email box, my inbox. And there at the top was an email that I'd received years ago. I mean, like, I don't know, three or four years ago at, at prior to this experience and filed it away in my folder, Yahoo folder named testimonials. And it was a email from Tessa explaining about how wonderful it was to have received a print of one of my paintings. She had ordered it online because it was a New York City street scene and she'd always wanted to visit there, but it was obvious she wasn't going to be able to. So I sat there stunned for, I don't know how long. I mean, you know, how is it possible for an email to pop out of one folder and into your inbox? It just doesn't make sense. It's never happened before, never happened since. Then, you know, feeling brave, I plugged my iPod into the computer and I checked and never can say goodbye or any Jackson 5 song for that matter. It's nothing against Jackson 5. Um, I, I do like their music, but they're, I have none of their CDs. It, you know, is not in my iPod library. There's no way I could have listened to that song on my jog. So I, I feel like there must be a scientific explanation for these things, but they seem so obviously paranormal. I'm wondering with so many relationships happening online these days, if there will be more paranormal activity in cyberspace in the future. And I've had no hallucinations or experiences like this ever before or since. And um, in fact, the experience was not, was so not scary that I still am not sure it was an actual encounter of any kind. But I do like to think that maybe it was my friend reaching out to me. I love the idea that hauntings can be friendly. And I've even um, started using the words hauntingly familiar to describe my own artwork. So anyway, just thought I'd share. Thank you for offering a platform where we can all share these stories. And I hope that all your hauntings are happy ones. Have a good day. Bye I now. like that. I do too. I hope that all your hauntings are happy ones. And certainly, I mean, the stories that we get here where the stories are happy. There are a lot of fairly happy hauntings. 
yeah you know that uh, that do go on and and with her you know being I, I I think the fact that there are so many things that can be manipulated now electronically I am betting that that we will see much more activity involving uh you know, computer programs, apps. Thing. I mean, there are apps right now that you know are designed to try and have the other side communicate back and forth verbally, or to to dictate words and things of that nature. And I think we're just going to see more and more of that. So, the idea of a file moving out of a folder um, electronically, I would think, would almost be easier for a entity to do than than the old school way of. Physically taking a file out of a desk and moving it somewhere to look, read this. Yeah, which is what the story would have been. You know, would have been twenty years ago. Suddenly, sure. this file is here, um, or this letter is here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's there's a combination of the spirit world using uh, practicality of of you know what exists and manipulating it for their advantage. Essentially, I agree. I do think though that you know. Things can get moved out of folders by accident or moved into folders by accident. But the experience she had while taking the walk with the iPod, Mm -hmm. there's not a really, I mean, I'd be surprised if there's a way to get a song onto your iPod shuffle that you didn't put there. Well, that was the ghost of Michael Jackson assisting her friend (laughs) in that one. So I'd be interested to hear what other songs have also popped into that iPad. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> As well. That was a neat story. Did you ever see the, uh, it's creepy. Um, and if you, if you don't realize how they debunked it, um, you, you would be very much creeped out. The video of Larry King live when he was doing his show live from the Neverland ranch the week after Michael Jackson had died. No, he was, uh, the Neverland Ranch was empty. It was completely vacant at the time. But they were inside the ranch, and I think like in his living room, and in the background was a long hallway, and you could see at the end of the hallway uh, just another room, but all vacant, just all empty walls, no furniture, nothing. And at some point in his interview, when he was talking to, to somebody, um, you see a shadow that looks like Michael Jackson dancing just move across the wall at the end of the hall. Oh, really? And it's very creepy. And you're like, what the hell is that? (laughs) And for a good week or two, I mean, it was everywhere. Uh It was like, people like, oh my God, it's a ghost of Michael Jackson appearing on Larry King. And eventually, uh, one of the photographers that was around the ranch at that time, uh, they, they figured it out. In that room back there, there was also some lighting and equipment that was being set up for something else. Lighting was shooting that direction. Someone was messing around in front of the lighting, and it went on the wall. Oh. So it was debunked. It was someone really just having a shadow that moved across the wall. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we, when you're on a live set, you try, I mean, unless your intent is to have the people moving around in the background, which on this set was not the intent. Yeah. You try and keep all that clear. But wow. hence, Larry King live at the time, things happen. Uh, and you're on a location and you can't always control, you know, your intern or your lighting person way off in the other room thinking that they're not going to be on the shot. And that's... How embarrassing like, is that? Yeah. That's great. <laughs> but it was... It's where you can YouTube it. It's pretty creepy. <laughs> and there's a lot of people who are kind of like, uh, it's a little bit of hope that maybe that actually was, 
you know, Jacko dancing around the ranch. Yeah. Still, but interesting stuff. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here to uh, call into Real Ghost Stories Online. Share your real ghost story with us. If you like the show, please consider supporting it, becoming an EPP. Get 32 bonus episodes sent directly to you, then a brand new one every single week. Exclusive video for you, that uh, short film we made about the uh, the haunted airport, Spirits in the Air. You get that as well. So well worth it, and the uh, satisfaction of knowing you're keeping our show in the air uh, is the uh, the big thing there. So please uh, consider doing that. To sign up, uh, click become an EPP at Real Ghost Stories Online. Com. Until next time, for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online.